0: podcast for what you could learn from your customers. The best thing about podcasting in healthcare is that we're currently at the ground level, meaning that the number of people in healthcare listening to podcasts is small, but growing rapidly. I put together a free checklist for you to check out the steps on what it takes to create your own podcast. You could find that at outcomesrocket.health/slash podcast. Check it out today and find a new way to leverage the sales, marketing and outcomes of your business. That's outcomesrocket.health/podcast. Welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket podcast where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring health leaders. I have an amazing guest for you today. She is an outstanding contributor to healthcare Focuses on the areas of artificial intelligence and blockchain you're going to want to stick around. Her name is Sam de she's the co-founder and Chief Operating Officer at Doc. AI, a blockchain-based AI platform that enables deep learning computations on a quantified biology to develop personalized health insights and predictive models. She also co-founded Scanadu in 2011, where she served as VP of communications until 2016. They've got a a fascinating device that has a consumer-facing mobile medical device that allows to read and understand outcome of a urine sample all through the mobile phone. Uh, we'll be touching on some of her experience there. She's been involved in even ICOs, initial coin offerings. We're going to dive into what this very fascinating entrepreneur and health leader is up to. But what I want to do is, is open up the microphone to our amazing guest, Sam, to fill in any of the gaps of the intro that I may have missed. Sam, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, so uh, Very, very happy to be with you this morning and, and your listeners.
0: Hey, it's a pleasure to have you, Sam. Anything that you want to share that maybe I left out in your intro?
1: No, I think that's it. You know, it's just that I've been, just maybe that I've been an entrepreneur in tech and science for the last 25 years. I moved to the U.S. in 2011, 2012 to specifically move into healthcare. Before that, I've always been in tech and science. I originally come from Europe, more specifically from, from France. I'm French.
0: Fascinating and wonderful company that's pretty far ahead in in their health efforts. So it's always great to have the international touch on the healthcare system. And Sam, it's folks like you that, that help us see things from a different light. So wondering what is it that got you into the medical sector to begin with, Sam?
1: yeah well that's a that's a great question that's also very personal for me so I have two kids, two boys, and they're pretty grown now but back mm-hmm. in two thousand and five, our youngest son has had a very severe accident oh, my um, goodness. Yes, very very severe brain trauma, brain injury, so he was in a coma. Oh, we spent a year at the hospital mm-hmm. and that was crazy so back then, we entered a journey that so many people enter, which was we were So scared. We were powerless. We did not understand what was happening. I didn't know anything about healthcare. So, the machines, the results, the language. And I was coming from tech and science. I was also so, I felt so powerless because I had no information, no data, I had nothing. And so, I think what happened there for years. With my husband, we kind of coped with the situation and survived by becoming very analytical about the situation. Yes. And that was that's how it started, really. And so I think, you know, with the rise of the smartphone, then, you know, we were very much following what was happening, you know, with sensors becoming cheaper and and smaller and the rise of AI again. My husband, Walter, who's also my co-founder for the last 25 years, happens to have a background in artificial intelligence. And so he went through the AI winter, as we call it, but then he he saw the revival. He saw things coming back and it's just connecting the dots and trying to do something that matters that can help us as a family and our son but also trying to help others and this is how it started really and so (laughs) i think we were pretty ignorant about healthcare we did a lot of research we knew a lot about the tech and the science and that's how it all started really
0: wow sam thank you for sharing that very personal story and you know the confusion the just helplessness that you feel when you're there at that point whether it be you or your or your loved one in your case and you decided to take the matters in your own hands, using your, your science background and your husband using his AI background. Here you are now, 10 years later, founding these companies to make a difference in your life, but also in the life of the people that surround you. You've been in this for a decade now, Sam. What would you say is a hot topic that needs to be on leaders agenda today? And how are you guys approaching it?
1: Oh, okay. So a few things. So number one, certainly artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. I think that what is happening right now. So number one, I think when we started the very first company, we started to use a lot of machine learning. There are a lot of things that human beings cannot do and you need to augment. Number one, there is a scale problem. So there are not enough doctors, that's one. So you really need, you need machine intelligence to be able to augment and cater for all the people who need it. But there's also in the entire chain, There are a lot of things in processing. Uh, It can be reading colors to give a result, or it can be processing data to have better models. All that has to be done by machines. So certainly artificial intelligence is number one on, on my list. I think also what is very interesting, what I'm seeing right now with healthcare that we did not really see before. So we've been talking about big data for a very long time, and we have all been focusing on data. So healthcare happens to be an industry with a ton of data. What is happening is that I think everybody has been focusing on being able to share that data, which has been difficult because this is not how the healthcare systems and industry has been designed for. It has not been designed for the, the data to be shared. So pretty hard to innovate there. However, what's happening right now is that there is not one industry on the planet that is not using artificial intelligence with the data to have better predictive models. It's the only way really to have better results, to be more efficient and to survive as a business. And I'm seeing that happening right now with uh, the healthcare industry. So of data, the AI has become much, much better. We also have the possibility to work with better data, structured data. We have learned a lot from there. And I see the healthcare industry suddenly really trying to have new predictive models with that data. And that's a new element and that's very interesting for us. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about payers or providers or, I mean, everybody wants to use that data in order to have better models. Otherwise, that data becomes toxic. There's another thing that has happened recently. I've been working a lot in regulated environments and I kind of like that because regulation can be can be very difficult when you when you are an entrepreneur however i think it can be a great source for innovation and we see that with the gdpr for example you know the new regulation coming from yes. europe we see that it's affecting us companies as well because data is global you know it has no frontier right. and so i think that uh, the gdpr is really pushing a new conversation that is key i believe to progress in healthcare it's um, to give people the data back and I think that, you know, that idea of, you know, opt-in and consent, that data cannot be used anymore without people's consent. I think that's a great, great key change when it comes to healthcare, because you see what, what I've learned, my, my very, very first impression when I was at the hospital with my son is that I didn't have access to my son's data yeah. and nobody could give me access. And one thing I know as, as an entrepreneur, one thing I know having built companies and, you know having dealing with technology all my life is that you cannot change the data of tomorrow if you don't know the data of today. And I think it really applies for patient and consumer as well. And so I'm I'm very hopeful because today I think that if we are able to enable people to get their data back and be able to store them themselves and play with it and make it smarter and, you know, keep on collecting and understanding it better, I think there's really a way for people to be able to change that data. But first, they need to be able to collect it. Yeah. So uh, artificial intelligence, certainly are very, very high on the list.
0: Sam, yeah, you've offered some great, great insights here. Listeners, if you don't understand today's data, you're not going to be able to change tomorrow's data. Good friend of mine always says you got to be able to control the controllables yeah. and measure them. And Sam, give us a case scenario of a client or a type of customer that you work with what problem do they present with and, and how do you help them solve it?
1: Yeah, so at Doc AI, so we started 18 months ago. We are, we are a young startup and we've been building, building, building for uh, the last 18 months. i very lucky. I have an exceptional team and very early on what we understood is that, you know, when it comes to artificial intelligence, everybody's trying to change behavior or change models. It's very important to understand that you cannot change if you cannot predict And in order to predict with the AI, you need to be able to collect the data. So number one, what our ecosystem allows people to do is simply to be able to collect all the medical data all around coming from all kinds of APIs, Mm. plus own tools that we have developed. So it could be, of course, medical records, but also lab tests, blood tests, urine tests, genetic tests your environment, we call it the exposomics, your microbiome information, your physio, phenome. So we have developed an ecosystem where people with their phone or their laptop can collect all that data in a very frictionless way and store it on their device, on their own device. Mm -hmm. Also, that data, like I explained before, is structured. So under the form of omics, our bodies contain millions of biomarkers, and those biomarkers are structured under the form of omics. And so those are biological fields. And that structure is very good for the AI. It's uh, numbers, columns, rows. This is a very, very good start. So that's number one. What we are doing right now, so... We are working with companies that are in needs in search for new predictive models. And those predictive models, they can present different solutions or try to develop frameworks for to see what AI could predict. So let me give you a few examples that we are going to announce very soon, by the way. So for example, can an AI predict uh, your risk for allergies, Mm -hmm. right? Can an AI predict uh, the most optimal anti-epileptic drug? You take on the epilepsy problem, there are 26 anti-epileptic drugs today. You can ask any neurologist, they will all tell you they work a lot with trial and error. They don't have any model, they don't know what to give when they have patients developing epilepsy they just try and see if it works. So this is not precise, right? So we are also dealing with precision medicine. At the end of the day, it's a permutation problem. That's something a machine can process much better and much faster than a doctor. And by enabling people to collect all their omics data, you also have a better idea from a machine perspective and from a medical perspective of the unicity of that person based on her genome or, or other parameters. So that's the kind of models we are talking about, really. And this is what we are enabling on the platform.
0: That's super fascinating, Sam. And gosh, I mean, you put yourself in the shoes of the doctor and the patient, and you've got 26 drug options for epilepsy. How do you make the best choice? I like to think of artificial intelligence as uh, augmented intelligence. It's a platform that not only clinicians could use, but patients could benefit
1: from. Totally. So we have uh, we work with really with everybody. This is what I love about what we've been able to build. So it's not only patients, but it's also and, and consumers, people who are just interested, but also um, insurance companies, uh, pharma, uh, CROs, uh, patients' organizations. This is fascinating. I think that the fact that there are a few things we have done, we uh, you know I like to leverage on on what the technology can offer us. And there is a new technology, the blockchain. It's not new, but I mean, we can build on that. So we've been building on the blockchain, on the, on the public chain, the Ethereum. And so what it allows us to do, really, it allows us to do three things. Number one, it allows uh, via the smart contracts that you can program on, on the blockchain, mm-hmm. it allows the right data matching depending on the problem that is broadcast on Doc.ai that we call the data trial, you know, the question, can AI predict this or can AI predict that? You need specific set of data that people can share with the project. And that can be available for data scientists to build predictive models. So that's, that's number one. Number two, when you are a research sponsor, when you want to finance that type of research, you are a data scientist, you want to make sure that there is a level of integrity in the data. You, know, you want to guarantee the provenance of the data, which is exactly what the blockchain is doing again, with a smart contract. And because it's coming from different labs, so on the blockchain, the smart contract can guarantee that. So the quality of the data, the integrity of the data is guaranteed. Yeah, it's, we, a, it's a yeah. fascinating
0: application of blockchain.
1: Exactly, so that, that's very important. But I think for me, one of the most important application that is very, very new and that I'm trying to explain, so thank you for giving me the floor today, is the smart contract for the financial transaction. So at the end of the day, what we have built is a platform where we are considering that the medical data is has value, has financial value. Mm-hmm. So what we have done is we have put a financial value on every single biomarker in your body. Really? Yeah. And okay. so when the data matching happens, when you want to participate in a data trial, as a patient or a consumer, you get financially rewarded for that right? And yeah. so that's pretty interesting. So that's, that's uh, the third smart contract that does the financial yeah. transaction. And I find it very important for several reasons. I find it very important because I've always believed that people should own the data because it's ours. And also, I think people should be financially rewarded when they generate that data and that data is used In the healthcare industry, because after all, that data already has a financial value. We know that. But the only person that has been left out of the equation is the patient, which is a pity because you want the patient to be engaged a bit more. And the last thing, the last thing is in the US, the number one reason for personal bankruptcy is medical bills. I think that the blockchain and the crypto world has this great opportunity to be able to rebalance asymmetry and it has the ethos of the open source movement and the features of the free market and that's a combination I think for healthcare that is very interesting
0: folks we've got Sam Debrouer here talking about blockchain AI her work at Doc AI. And she brought up a very important stat that two out of every three bankruptcies that happen are because of healthcare-related issues. So if you didn't catch what we just talked about, hit the rewind button and replay it. If you want to do that anyway, I think it's worth revisiting the value that she's provided here and her ideas. There's no doubt in my mind, Sam, that you've been thinking about this For a long time, and uh, very diligently.
1: Uh, Yeah, (laughs) indeed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Sam, can you give us an example of how you've used Doc AI to improve outcomes? A specific example.
1: So we we are very early, as I said. We we are in eighteen. months, young startups, so we have built the entire ecosystem. We have given access to our private beta to about 500 people. We have gotcha. we have a huge waiting list, so the testing went really well. We are actually pushing the public beta early this summer, so everybody nice. has access, yes, via the iOS, uh, via Apple, and also the web app, so online. It will be for free. It's free for people to collect their data and have it on one place. Uh, people own their data. We don't store any anything. It's on the phone. We are just an enabler and uh, we are about to announce our very first data trial. The RIB has been approved and so on. So that's very exciting. So I can't, no, I don't, I can't give you that kind of feedback. However, there are a few value prop there from the patient perspective as well from the industry perspective, where we see the interest is, is very high.
0: No, for sure. And and totally get it, right? I mean, you guys are early on, 18 months in, but creating some major traction, a waiting list for people that want to get involved. And there's no doubt that the appetite for us as leaders in healthcare for insights using these technologies is there. It's exciting. So congrats on on building it to this point and uh, excited to see where it goes from here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep you <it> posted, so. <laughs> please
0: do. Please do. And, and so, folks, uh, you could find out more about Doc AI at doc.ai. So, Sam, tell us about a time when you had a setback or failure, what you learned from that moment.
1: So, that's hard, soul because I've had so many. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you had to pick one of the many that, oh that you feel gosh. like, okay, this is the one thing
1: for all the founders out there, entrepreneurs, I think we, it's very important, very early on to embrace failure and to fail fast Mm -hmm. because there will be failure. That's a fact. So I think there are many really. And so to pick up one, they were all very learnful, but one that is very, very, I think timing don't wait for things, Mm -hmm. which is very hard in healthcare, by the way, that's a big dilemma. That's a big paradox, but when you are dealing with innovation you can't allow yourself to wait until everything is perfect you have to iterate you have to test and iterate test and iterate and so when you know in the healthcare area arena it's really hard because there are a lot of things where you can't allow to make mistakes And you have to manage expectations even more than for any other software product. So, I mean, if you are dealing with a product that is regulated, of course, you cannot do that. But that timing is very hard. And I think I've made some mistakes there. And I just learned from it. But there were so many. So it's just just really hard.
0: No, I get it. I get it. Bottom line is just create, create, manage expectations. And you're going to fail right? So just get over it. (laughs) Get over it and keep building, right? I love it. Sam, what's one of your proudest medical leadership experiences that you've uh, experienced to date?
1: So I think for medical, so my first medical company, device company is Canadu. So clearly, I think one of my proudest moments is how we have been able to innovate and comply at the same time, which is really, really hard and how we've been able to develop that great relationship with the FDA to understand what the, the regulator was expecting from us and what we were supposed to do and being able to build a roadmap together like then with them was really, was really phenomenal. So it's not easy dealing with, with the regulator, but once you get that, it's something to be proud of because innovating while complying is certainly not easy, but it's so worth it. So once you do it, it creates such a momentum for your team, for the people who support you. It's like opening a door that was not open before. So it, it feels special, really.
0: For sure, and and I understand that you guys were finally able to get 510K clearance for the product.
1: Yeah, so the, the my first company in the US, Canada, just received its 510K clearance for the urine test, it's a one minute urine test, home-based. Nice. It's fantastic. So what, what we've done is we've put all the CTPs on one platform for uh, leukocyte, nitrite, glucose, ketone, and protein. And you just dip that paddle in the cup where you pee at home and you wait one minute and it's an app on your phone. You take a picture of the paddle and it reads the color change in real time. It's in your phone and in the cloud. And it's granular. It's giving you a number. So you can imagine for conditions such as Preeclampsia, you know, during pregnancy, if you need to test yourself several times a week for gestational diabetes, there are many things really you can you can follow up, and of course it's it's an entire urine test reduced in one minute at a fraction of the cost of what the urine test is today. So I think for patients as well as for clinical research, it's a true application of what artificial intelligence can do in terms of helping people, reducing the time, reducing the cost, and of course, reducing the margin for error because the machine reads numbers. A lot of uh, reading the color change only with your eyesight can be pretty mm-hmm. tricky. It's not really counterfeuble unless you go to a lab, so.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, what happens if there was like a, a pink film over the camera? Are there controls that would show kind of, hey, the camera is not properly calibrated? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, there are a few mechanisms and you can imagine that was something, yeah, that's something also you you have to do from a safety perspective. So number one, the paddle has a QR code to verify the validity of the paddle Mm -hmm. because you can only use it once. If the paddle is not valid anymore, you cannot use it. So the camera, I mean, the algorithm recognizes that. It's been really, really hard to develop that algorithm being able to perform in all those Lux corridors, light corridors. And so if there are any elements disturbing the algorithm, it will tell you that you have to redo it or take a new paddle or change environment that it cannot read. But it took a long time because it was so hard to develop that algorithm in different light corridors and having control and corrected. That's a pretty uh, heavy job.
0: Fascinating. Folks, uh, the, the product is called Scanadoo. The company is called Scanadoo. Sam was part of that one as well. We'll include links to DocAI and Scanadoo and all the things that we've talked about, AI and blockchain here, the transcript, everything's going to be in the show notes. What would you say an exciting project within DocAI is today, Sam?
1: Oh, we have a few, but the first data trials are coming together. That's amazing. It's just huge. And so what is so exciting is uh, the inbound people reaching out to us, companies saying, yeah, we want to, where do we sign? This is exactly what we've been looking for. I think the 21st century, there are a few things we have to do differently when it comes to the data, when it comes to the model, when it comes to the ownership, when it comes to the insight. There's so much we can do but there's still a lot of work. But I think if you have the right ecosystem where everybody can work together, it's an extra layer. I'm kind of excited because as I said, I think that we've been trying, there are many companies that have been trying to build models based on the data sharing. And I think, again, healthcare has not been designed for that, so it's kind of hard. However, having that extra layer where you enable people to reclaim the medical data, via all these APIs and becoming the safe guardians of that data and being That's able to see the value of the data being able to see that in real time in its completeness in its longitude but also its real world data and to see the value for third parties so that you can you know get more predictive insights for yourselves but also help accelerate research i think it's an equation that really works for everybody, for all the piece, the patients, the providers, the payers, the people. So I think, yeah, there's there's something in that model that is really I, I'm super excited. I don't I don't sleep that much lately. I have to tell you.
0: <laughs> no, there's no doubt. You guys are working on some wonderful things over there, folks. The executive team over at, at Doc AI is some of the biggest brains in the business. Walter, who's Sam's uh, husband, Sam and. Jeremy Howard's working over there, Alan Green. Check them out. They're definitely a company to follow. They are making some really fascinating splashes in, in, in our industry. Sam, we're getting to the end here. We've got four questions, lightning round style. It's the 101 with Sam Debrouwer on how to be successful with AI in healthcare. <laughs> and then we're going to follow it with the book that you recommend to the listeners. And then your closing thoughts. You ready? All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes with AI?
1: Oh, it's uh, to enable people to own their data and uh, train it themselves.
0: What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid?
1: To believe that to share the data within the existing healthcare system is possible. It's just not, it's not designed for that.
0: Wow, love that. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change?
1: Well, we are a startup in Silicon Valley. <laughs> the core of <laughs> our technology is AI. Change. So <laughs> change is by default who we are. We have, I mean, yeah, as I said, we are failing a little bit every day in order to measure, in order to book uh, major success. So,
0: Love that. What's an area of focus that should drive everything in a health organization?
1: Oh, I think the way I look at it, but it needs explanation. So I think I I explained what I meant for that. The value of the data, of real world data for the people who generate it.
0: What book would you recommend to the listeners, Sam?
1: So my latest book is uh, Skin in the Game from Nicolas Tayeb. He also wrote Enter Fragile and uh, Black Swan. I think that book spoke to me deeply because I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a founder. And so every time I do something, I have my skin in the game. I'm also a caregiver for my son. Uh, who's 19 years old today. His name is Nelson. He's doing much better. He's he's a sunshine. He's fantastic. He's a a miracle of life. Mm. So what I do with healthcare is is also because I have my skin in the game because my son has his skin in the game. So uh, yeah, when you have your skin in the game, meaning of things is slightly different.
0: Totally agree with you, Sam. Folks, you can find all the transcript notes, show notes, and links to the things that we've talked about. Just go to outcomesrocket.health docai, D-O-C-A-I. You're going to find all that there. Sam, before we conclude, I'd love if you could just share a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you or follow you.
1: Sure. So um, my... Listen, my last and best thought is healthcare is really hard. I know so many people tried and are still trying. And I think deep, deep inside, we are all human beings and we want to do good things. We finally have tools that might enable us to to create some change. So do not despair. (laughs) Let's not despair. Let's keep moving. Let's move forward and let's try to make it happen. And if we can move the needle a little bit every time. It's huge because we're talking about healthcare here. We're not talking about you know small stuff. And you can email me directly. I'm just gonna give my email address, which is sam.sam@doc.ai. Doc.ai. Happy to take your emails and answer.
0: Outstanding. Sam, thank you for that message of hope. There's no doubt you guys are are making some strides in this space of uh, helping people own their data and recognize the true value of it. Excited to keep up with the progress. And again, we just really want to thank you for spending time to share your thoughts with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I wish you a wonderful day, all of you. (laughs)